What if I told you that during our country's history, America's been militarily involved with all but three of the 194 countries recognized by the United Nations? America has invaded 84 of them. It's true. In 2015, America marks two significant war-related anniversaries from our history, the 70th anniversary of Victory in Europe Day on May 8th and the 70th anniversary of VJ Day on September 2nd marking the end of World War II. Over the four years of that battle, more than 16 million American men and women had served in some capacity in the war. That began following that infamous day. December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Presidents delivering messages taking the country into battle have become commonplace in U.S. history. My fellow Americans, my fellow citizens, despite our repeated warnings, Gaddafi continued his reckless policy of intimidation. Just two hours ago, Allied Air Forces began an attack on military targets in Iraq and Kuwait. On my orders, coalition forces have begun striking selected targets of military importance. Last night, on my orders, America's armed forces began strikes against ISIL targets in Syria. Military action is never too far away for America, according to author and military historian Christopher Kelly. Americans are always hoping for peace, he says, but usually prepping for war. His new book's called America Invades, How We've Invaded or Been Militarily Involved with Almost Every Country on Earth. What was it that uh, gave you the idea to write this book, and why do you think it's important for people to read? Uh, it started with another book, uh, which was a, country, a book called All the Countries We've Invaded, which was written by an Englishman named Stuart Laycock. That book came out in 2012, and I read it, and I reviewed it, and I forwarded him a review, and he said, you know, that's interesting, mate. Where do you live? And I live in London part of the time. And so we met over a pint, and uh, as an American, uh, and the conclusion of his book was that England has invaded 90% of all the countries in the world. And he went through every country in the world and talked about what Britain had done or not done. And I was interested, I found that fascinating. And I, as an American, I wanted to know how our country compared to the UK. To, uh, and so our book, America Invades, is basically an answer to the same questions he was asking, going through every country in the world and talking about what America has done in every country in the, in the world. And so what has America done with every country in terms of fighting? What we found is that is that, you no, know, we haven't invaded as many as Britain. We don't have as long a history, of course. We're not at 90%. Uh, but we have invaded about 85 countries, or 44% of all the countries in the world, as led by the UN. And we've been militarily involved with almost all of the rest. The only three that we've missed completely are Andorra, Bhutan, and Liechtenstein uh, that we could find. And, uh, and when I talk about military involvement, uh, you know, I'm talking about things like, for instance, Portugal. We haven't invaded Portugal, but we've had bases on the Azores since World War II, and they're there to this day. So that's kind of a, an example of a military involvement. This dates, dates back to the beginning of America, obviously. Um, what countries ha have we not uh, invaded, and are we thinking about invading them? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the ones we've missed early are Andorra, Bhutan, and Liechtenstein, uh, three kind of almost all of them very mountainous countries, some of them kind of postage size stamped uh, countries and uh, been somewhat isolated from the world. But we've been involved in some way, in, in a significant way, with almost every w one of them. There are two ways to look at this. One is, you know, wow, we're really a warmongering people. Um, but, but as you mentioned, the UK, they're, they're a little bit further down the road than we are. Is that, is that, a, is that a fair assessment? 
Well, I think that you can take invasions as, you know, as you can assume that it's a negative, but I don't, we don't necessarily do that, uh, that all invasions are, are a negative experience. I mean, many of the invasions that we've made over our history have been liberations. Uh, I mean, if you take the Philippines, for example, we've probably invaded them twice. I mean, in 1898, it, yes, it was more or less a colonial imperial endeavor. After the Spanish-American War, we occupied the Philippines. But then again, in 1945, when MacArthur landed, clearly we were liberating the Philippines from Japanese occupation. So, so you know, if you score that one as, as one invasion, one liberation, uh, and and in general, you know, there are, I mean, many of our of our, uh, our liberate innovations have been liberations. I'd say we've really lost a lot of uh, blood and treasure in these wars, have we not? Invasions, I mean, and war is a is a costly and expensive business. It, it costly in terms of lives, costly in terms of treasure, to be sure. Uh, and and yes, I mean things. Yes, I mean it's it's and also war is unpredictable. Once you open up uh, a war and start a war, you never quite know where it's going to to wind up in the end. I mean that it's you know famously unpredictable. As a matter of fact, you write a military action is never too far away for America. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in the, the, we have this global reach that we have gone all around the world. Uh, I mean, Russia, for example. I mean, we've invaded. Many are not aware that we invaded Russia in 1918 and 19, uh, uh, following and or during part of World War One. The Woodrow Wilson authorized that. We were part of an Allied expedition that landed in northern Russia and also landed in near Vladivostok in, in Siberia as well, uh, intervening in the Russian Revolution. Uh, invasions of Russia are kind of, you know, uh, f- have famously gone wrong over, uh, over history, uh, and, we, uh, and, and ours was not really uh, successful either. What would you think is, is the most surprising, would be the most surprising to people who read your book, uh, the most surprising action we've been involved in? Well, uh, uh, one example would be, I mean, I'm calling you from London. I mean, here in the United Kingdom, I think that many English people who, you know, pay a lot of attention to history would not be aware that, that the first, uh, the, the last, the most recent invasion of English soil was probably by Americans in 1778, led by John Paul Jones, who was captain of the uh, Ranger, the sloop the Ranger, uh, who landed on Whitehaven. And uh, nobody was actually killed or injured in that raid, but a, a coal ship was burnt. Uh, insurance rates doubled, uh, and so. But you know, of course, John Paul Jones went on to become the father of the of the American Navy. Uh, and you know, so that happened in 1778. You fast forward to 1999. The town of Whitehaven in Cumbria uh, officially pardoned John Paul Jones uh, for the raid and launched their a Whitehaven festival, uh, which commemorates that and, and honors it. Uh, and they, they celebrate it every year, every summer now. You also write that um, one of the things that you grasp from this is that w- you can either be angry uh, by all of this, by all the fighting that we've done, or really have like a new admiration or respect for the U.S. military and the work it's done over the years. Um, it, are, are those the two reactions you expect readers to get from the book? We tried not to write a political book. I mean, if you go onto Google and you Google uh, American invasions, you'll find a lot of political rants, I would say. And, and people with a lot of axes to grind. We tried very hard not to do that. We wanted to write not just for one party or one political persuasion, but to write for everybody. We wanted to present the facts and let, let readers make up their own minds, whether they think this was a good idea or this was uh, folly. Uh, and so so that was – and also, I mean, my co-author and I, we don't even have the same politics, uh, So, which I think was a check on each of us uh, and in, in, our, in our efforts. So as we talk here, the U.S. is uh, 
involved with the situation with ISIS, and it looks like we might be heading again towards some sort of military boots on the ground. Is this a cycle that's just going to keep going, or at some point are we not going to have wars to fight? Uh, let's see. I would say that, I mean, it's based on past history. It's very unlikely that, you know, that uh, military conflict will simply disappear. I mean, the good news is there has been actually a reduction in the amount of, of violence uh, over the last, say, 70 years. I mean, 70, we're 70 years from the end of World War Two, of course, this year, and World War Two was the the worst, you know, human worst war in human history. Uh, but you know, since that time, uh, the the amount of people who die violently in human conflicts has actually decreased quite substantially, according to the organizations like the World Health Organization and so forth. So the 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 world has actually become a little bit more peaceful uh, overall, uh, statistically. But you know, at the same time, conflict is not going to go away. It will change. I mean, the nature of invasions has changed. I mean, you have cyber invasions now uh, and things like that. So instead of sending the Marines, it's more like sending the nerds these days. Uh, to to uh, So the nature of warfare has changed, certainly. The um, U.S. spends a quite a bit of, on defense. Is that an adequate amount, do you think? Is it is it an overreach or uh, based on your uh, vast experience with this? I mean, do we need to be spending that much and doing that much with defense and arming ourselves that, that much? I think it depends on, on how you want to see the United States, what what you want for the American role in the world to be. Do you want it to be, uh, you know, continuing to be in alliance with Europe, uh, with the NATO alliance, and with uh, allies in, Japan, in Asia as well, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, etc.? Uh, you've got to uh, to figure that out. I, th- I mean, I think that we have been, I mean, I think you can argue it both ways in terms of, I mean, has America has been a force for good in in cases like the World War II, which we're celebrating the 70th anniversary of this year, uh, where, I mean, that the, the world would be a much darker place had we not been done what we did, had we not liberated the, the Nazi uh, death concentration camps 70 years ago this year, uh, things like that. But at the same time, we have uh, – there have been mistakes and tragic mistakes along the way as well. What should people uh, as they – even if they don't have family or friends who've uh, been veterans or killed in a war, what, what should we be thinking about this week? Uh, the holiday is designed to remember those that have sacrificed everything on behalf of this country. Uh, and and I think that that's it's important to do that to participate in, to some extent. Um, the I mean, and to remember that sacrifice and the, that of from uh, people who have fought for this country. In our book, we, I mean, we tried very hard not to celebrate war, uh, but we do think that it's important to remember war uh, and to remember it's it's. I mean, it has invasions have an impact. Uh, we wouldn't be the country that we are today if we had not invaded Mexico, for example, which added states like California, Arizona, Utah, New Mexico to the Union. Uh, so invasions have influenced the development of our country, and we wouldn't be the country we are without invasions. And the people behind these invasions, the men and women who've been fighting for us and giving their lives for all of these many years, and they're the ones who've helped us get this far. That's right. And the and people who are on the front lines and people who are vets participating, I mean, they're not the ones who are the politicians making the decisions to go to war or not. And so I think that it's important to, to distinguish between those that serve and those that, uh, that you know, order the, the, uh, the action to take place. I hear from people um, all of the time who are, are less optimistic about the future who say that, uh, you know, the, the Big Bang is coming and it just 
just a matter of time until the big war happens and we just we, we all see a flash and that's how it ends. Is that is that how we end our civilization with war, do you think? Well, we've had we've had near misses, certainly. I mean, where where uh, you know civilization has hung in the balance. I mean, the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962 was, of course, a very very much a near miss. Even in 1995, after the Cold War had ended, we had an and we mentioned in, in our Norway chapter that there was a, an incident which is almost kind of comical today. But there were uh, Norwegian scientists uh, shot rockets toward in the direction of the Northern Lights. Uh, because they're interested in gathering data, but they didn't neglect it to tell anybody about this in advance. And so this uh, popped up on Russian radar, and they immediately assumed that they were uh, U.S. Navy uh, missiles that had been launched. And, uh, you know, of course, they did realize that that was not the case, and things, cooler heads prevailed. But we had a near miss, you know, I mean, even after the Cold War ended back way back then. That's military historian Christopher Kelly, author of America Invades, How We've Invaded or Been Militarily Involved with Almost Every Country on Earth. You can find more information about the book at AmericaInvades.com. I'm Steve Grzanich, and this is Rivet.